Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel, and we are at Laurel's Real Money Talks again on our podcast where we teach people how to make money, keep money, and invest money. And uh, every conversation is different. Some is about investing, and some is about uh, making, and some is about keeping. And so today, I have world-leading expert Linda Kane, who's my event manager. She helps plan my events and make sure they're profitable. There are so many people who do events, and they are clueless. And like we could name names of people who are still trying to pay off an event from a year ago because yes. they didn't bring you in and they didn't bring a P&L. So let's just talk about events in general. So just get us started. Tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. So I'm Linda Kane with Blue Diamond Event Management. And I've been doing live events now with coaches and entrepreneurs for about 12 years. And I met Laurel about eight years ago when she was on Adam Urbanski's stage doing a talk. And I fell in love with her then. And I told her at that event, someday I would be doing hers. And here I am about six years later. And she's one of my top clients. And we are having a blast doing very profitable events. And so, you know, where do, I think the profitability, right, because I'm so far into this with you, starts at the venue booking. So let's kind of walk it through, like, what creates a profitable event. Obviously, bringing people into the show, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk about just, you know, you can't book an event unless you have a venue. So give them some venue tips. How do you get a profitable venue? Sure. So one of the things that you have to do is when you're especially dealing with hotels, they're going to have what they put a value on, like real estate for the site for their room. So they're either going to charge you a room rental or they're going to want you to spend money in food and beverage to have a value on that. And a typical 50-person room will start off at about $7,500 in value. And so that's expensive. You've got to do at least a $200 ticket to 50 people just to cover your food and beverage costs. So you want to start negotiating down with them. So you talked about what you're bringing, how many people are from the area, what the marketing is like. You offer them shout outs, um, give them some free publicity that, you know, you're going to be at their hotel, uh, put links on your Facebook, anything that you can think of that heightens them and gives them free pub- publicity mm-hmm. is going to help you. So we do a few of those things. The other thing you want to do is you never want to pay room rental and food and beverage. It's either or. And if you do a room rental, you want to get that way down so that you're just no food. Everybody's on their own. So you want to go under $1,000 a day for a room rental, get it down to $250, $300 if you can. Typically, that's not going to happen, especially if you're using more like the Marriott's and Hilton's and the higher-end hotels. So with enough negotiation and really pushing and giving them the benefits of why they should have you at the event, you can typically get a room of 50 down to about 3000 for food and beverage for a three-day event. Well, and here's the other thing I would just notice, and, you know, I've had really bad event managers. I mean, the one you just, you know, Mm -hmm. took over from. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, that was a whole project. Um, But here's the, like, 
you make it such common sense, like why pay for the room when you can give your guests food? So even right. when we book for a couple hours, we'll like you always do a great job of trading out the room rental to give them. I don't care if it's cookies, brownies, mm-hmm. some protein snacks, like something like always your guests are going to appreciate your food more right. than the stupid room. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then people ask me all the time, you know, I'm going to do a 50, 100 person three day training. Um, so there's different kinds of events. So you want to try to, you know, depending on what you're teaching and training, if it's transformational and you're really going to spend a lot of time in the room, you, you're going to, depending on the, depending on the type of hotel, you're going to be anywhere from five grand to 18,000 for your food and beverage. If you're doing a 50 to 100 person and it's a training and there's not a lot of food and beverage and there's not a lot of hotel stay either, then you want to get that down to, you know, 3000 5000 um, The other thing that you can do is utilize guest rooms against the meeting space as well. Mm-hmm. So the more people that you have that stay at the hotel, the more chance you have of having people um, lower the food and beverage down for you because they want to either make it in room revenue or they want to make it in food and beverage. But at all costs, stay away from paying both food and beverage and room rental. Or securing... Uh securing hotel rooms. Right. Because if you don't book them, then you're stuck with them. Right. Exactly. So go for the minimum, minimum on those as well. So let's talk about other profitability areas. So uh, actually expense areas. So if venues one, what else do you find Uh, that people make mistakes on? And where I'm going to guide you is probably AV because I don't think like we buy our own. Yeah. We we haul our own stuff around. (laughs) Audio visual um, is another one. Hotels will charge you. There's rack prices out there. So what that means is if you were to go to a regular audiovisual company, they're going to give you a quote, let's say 6000 for a three-day event to $9,000 for, you know, two screens, ah, cameras. Scream at that. Yeah, ah. two screens, cameras, all of that, <laughs> mics, everything that you need. You see a typical show in town, but they're going to charge you three times. So they're going to charge you that rack price every day. So all of a sudden, your $6,000 quote at a hotel is going to end up to being twelve to 15000 so if you're going to do a lot of events, I highly recommend that you buy some of your own equipment and yeah. teach a team member how to run it and then use the hotel staff for when you're in trouble or something breaks or you need, you know, some help. And so for somebody to buy kind of the setup that I have, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't even know, mm-hmm. I just give my team the credit card and they buy done. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think like our setup is? We have our own speakers, our own little sound things, all those mics, all that stuff mm-hmm. that you see. I don't even know what it all is. It just use it. So <laughs> what what do you what's a typical just get it and haul it around with you setup? Um about three thousand dollars for really good equipment. Wow. And yeah. that can probably last as long as you take good care of it. If you take good care of it, it will last you for a couple years. Perfect. Yep. So where else are you seeing the expense side of this? So obviously there's the hotel, obviously hotel rooms, there's AV. What about all the other, mar- like, well, there's a huge marketing expense to put right. these together. So so you don't need to have big fancy binders and handouts and workbooks and chotskis and all that kind of stuff. Why not? Because really the people are there to, to be educated and to learn. So just have... Um, you know, handouts that relate to that particular subject matter during mm-hmm. that during that hour, yep. right? Yep. You don't need 10 pages to talk about a funnel. 
You just need the one page. Show them how to do the funnel. Put it up on a whiteboard or a flip chart and have them work it in their seat, right? So you can save expenses that way. You also can get sponsors to help out with some of that as well. You know, they can have a registration sponsor. And that covers your badges and your lanyards and, you know, a gift bag or something like that for them to carry things in. Um, the other thing that where you can um, – the biggest thing that I see on expenses is – all the things that once you get on site that you forgot that you needed and wanted. Like what? Let's make a list. So, so folks, if you're like enjoying this, get a pen and paper. Right. <laughs> so um, audio patch, right? So if you didn't think about, oh, we'll just use the hotel sound. Well, they might charge you $65 every for everything that you plug into the walls. So um, any electrical cord that you plug into the wall for um, charging your laptop, for put, setting up your iPhones, um, any kind of charging, things like that, There's those are house sounds and house drop fees. So you want to check those out. People forget about that. They don't ask those questions. They get on site, you need electricity, and the hotel's going to charge you for it. So that's one area. The other thing is you decide that, oh, you know what, let's go ahead and have another coffee break this afternoon at $85 a gallon. Send people to Starbucks or across the street to, you know, grab yep. a bag and go and <laughs> get a coffee um, because that's going to add up really fast. So really doing a budget ahead of time. And I know people are like, oh, I don't want to do a budget. But know, you know, know your back end. What do you want to make at the event and how are you going to get there and then reverse engineer it? So if you want to make a six-figure event and say you want to clear 100000 then work all of your costs back from there. So that that way when you can then through that process, you can decide whether or not you're going to have handouts and binders and mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And really and truly, if you are a great coach and you know your stuff and you know how to engage your people with lots of activities and, um, and being in dyads and triads and really communicating with each other and, um, and teaching and training, you don't need all of those support documents. Mm -hmm. A lot of reasons that people do big fat bind binders is because they feel that they need to give and they need to give like, I have to give okay, all this stuff, I have stuff, to be honest, right? since I have so right? much in my brain, I don't give big binders. I think big binders because there's nothing in their brain. Right. So they use that to compensate because they actually don't know how to teach. And possibly. Possibly. Well, I know you're being nice. Yeah, I am. I'm just... <laughs> I'm being a high. But that's my point. I'm being a high critic of my <laughs> colleagues who actually say they know a lot and they don't. But that's my point. You don't need the fluff. It's going to go on a shelf, and oh, there may or, be or there may be five away. or six. Yeah, there may be five or six or ten people in the room that will actually take all the notes. You know, those kids in school. Yep. You know, they took all the notes and stuff, which is great. But at the end of the day, if you're really teaching and training, just a few handouts to give support where support's needed, and really just bringing people into those learning sessions. And you can save a bundle there because printing costs for binders and things like that of an, in a room of 100 can run you upwards $2,000, mm -hmm. $3,000. Yep. Yep. I know. I've and you there. can put that into marketing because really that brings us really back to the, to the main point is filling the room. And you want qualified people in the room and that means that you don't really need to have a room of 100 in order to have a six-figure six weekend. You can have a room of really good 30, 40 qualified people, high-end high qualified people that are right for your program, and you're going to have the six-figure weekend that you want. But if you do bad marketing and you get, as we've recently experienced, and you throw anybody and everybody and their mother and brother and cousin and aunt and uncle in a room, you're not going to, you're going to have all these expenses and you're not really going to make the money that you want to make and you're not going to have the qualified people. So two other topics. Um, what should people just on a range, because you've done so many events. So give some 
pricing for, say, a one-day, a two-day, a three-day? Like, what should anyone listening that's wanting to put on an event or is putting on events, just, what are some guidelines on pricing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you should plan for around three <clears throat> to $5,000 for a one-day. And that's a full one day. That's you spending the night someplace, maybe a team member or two. Or are you talking about just... No, I'm talking about the other side. Like what okay. should the client... What should they charge a client? Uh, to charging come? a client. I'm okay, sorry. great. Yeah. Off of the expense side on the oh, income sorry. side. I forgot okay, that great. transition. Yeah. yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay. So to the income side. Okay, the income side. So you want to charge a minimum for a one day. You want to charge a minimum of, you know, 47 to $97 a yeah. day. Um, and then upsell them into, you know, maybe a 997 package or a VIP day. You can sell them into like a $3,000 VIP day. Sells really well uh, from a one day. Um, from a two day, then you can do more like a 147 ticket up to, up to a 197 ticket. And then you can sell them into more of a six week type training program or even a, um, <clears throat> a longer program or a full VIP day, you mm-hmm. know, so like a $5,000 package. Um, on a three-day program, there's two different models that people like to use. One is the refundable ticket where they're saving a seat for 197 and when they come, they get it back. Those That works really good and that formula works really good as long as you are able to cover all of your other costs through sponsorships and or program, you know, program right. buy-ups. Um, then otherwise, um, you just don't, you charge a 97 ticket and have people come. Okay. Last topic before we are ending, sponsorship. Everyone wants to know. I'm sure we could do our own, like, just solo podcast about that. Uh, but in a few minutes, uh, sponsorship, how do you get it? And uh, what are the, some of the criteria? So the best sponsorships are those from people that you know. They already love, like, and support you. And start there. And from there, then it grows by, you know, word of mouth. People come. They have a good experience. The best thing for sponsors are to make sure that your sponsors are really well taken care of. And in this industry, people tend to do not such a good job with that. And so it's hard to get repeat sponsors. So you want to make sure that in order to get a three or a $5,000 sponsor, and these are sponsors who are not having stage time. These are sponsors that are just supporting the event. So you want to make sure that they get visibility, they get announcements from stage, people have traction, they know where they're at, they're in the foyer or they're in the room with you, they, um, you know, they get something in your binder. If you're not doing a binder, then they're, you know, you have to do extra shout outs from you stage. You can put it on the website. And so they you can put, put it on the on, website, yeah. exactly. Um, really give them a lot of traction and love and visit as much visibility to the audience as you possibly can. If you're um, combining that with a speaker spot, and I don't really recommend more than three speaker spots on a three-day event, um, because it's really about you. You want them to be there with you and learn from you and buy your stuff. You don't really want to provide a stage for everyone else to come and sell their stuff, right? So you have to be real careful about that. But let's say two to three people in a three-day weekend can support your event. Those can be spots anywhere, again, from 3000 upwards to 10000 depending on your credibility and what kind of audience you bring uh, to the sponsors. And you want to make sure then that they get the proper amount of stage time, always have a break after they, whether they're selling or not, always have a break so that they have time to connect with the audience. And the sponsors that do the best and support you the best are the ones that come and stay the whole three days. Absolutely. And yep. have a booth and are and, there yep. and they manage. And they really get engaged. The ones, I call them the one-hit wonders. They come in, they say their spiel, they present and they leave. You know, yep. the audience will buy, but there's a disconnect. 
Yeah. So, so Linda, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, all of you, you've been at Laurel's Real Money Talks. And uh, if you've enjoyed this and you want to connect with Linda directly, you wanted to run an event, however you want to do it, you can go to asklaurel.com, put in your name, uh, your phone number, your information and say, I want to talk to Linda. I want to have a private conversation and we will make sure that she gets your information and can connect with you. So Linda, thank you for being here. And uh all of you, you're at Laurel's Real Money Talks. We'll talk soon on the next podcast. Thank you, Laurel. It's always fun as always. Thank you. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.